And welcome to another episode of the Sotoyo and Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance, coming back another time, and let's jump into the download and today's download is a game that or a series I should say I have slept on and I'm sorry that I did the original was recently announced to have a next generation remake and what I'm talking about to keep it in the mood of all things scary and creepy in this October slash Halloween season is Dead Space 3 now, the original Dead Space series or trilogy uh, came out on the 360 and PS3 era. I don't think anything made it to the GameCube at that time, but it was just a series that I never looked into purchasing. And one of the great things about, uh, again, Xbox Live is that all of these games were given as Xbox Live games with gold over the past few years so luckily I own all three and if you don't have those or own those games if you do have game pass they are part of the EA play portion of uh, Xbox game pass ultimate so I hungered down and started playing dead space 3 just on a whim just to see what the game was like a few days ago and let me tell you just the first few minutes of this game were seriously intense with the necromorphs and the ship and it was just even for a 360 game a game that's nearly 10 years old i think it was released in 2012 or 2013 it still looks beautiful and i am very much interested in what a remake is going to look like on next generation hardware now if you are not familiar with dead space with the whole thing i'll just give you a brief synopsis of dead space 3 dead space 3 brings isaac clark and merciless soldier john carver on a journey across space to discover the source of the necromorph outbreak crash landed on a frozen planet of tool Voltanus. The pair must comb the harsh environment for raw materials and scavenge parts. So it was, I'm only an hour or so into the game uh, thus far, but it is something that I am surprised and I understand now why there is so much love from gamers for this series. It is definitely a series that's underrated and a series that frankly uh did so well or did very well but obviously not well enough with the studio ultimately being closed by ea so i highly recommend downloading dead space 3 actually the whole trilogy um if you are able to and giving them a playthrough they are really awesome games and in this case the recommendation for this week is dead space 3 uh it can be found via your xbox game pass ultimate ea play um or you know you could probably find a used copy on the web some somewhere so to put it into your ps3 or again xbox platforms are backwards compatible so that's the download and let's get to our short takes very, very quickly, a lot shorter than last week. So I ended up catching up with the first two episodes of the uh, George A. Romero series or Inspired series, Day of the Dead. It was meh. I um, 
I don't know. I'm just I'm not that invested. I, I watched the third episode, which I hope hope is out. Now, one thing I will say about sci-fi, uh, and this goes into Chuck as well. None of their series, at least these new series, are streaming on any of the streaming platforms. So they're not on Peacock or Hulu, which especially Peacock, it makes no sense. Uh, but they are putting these episodes up on YouTube. So lucky for me, I'm able to watch them. And yeah, Day of the Dead just really fell flat for me. Uh, again, maybe it's more character development needs to be had. But I just feel like it's the same old zombie tropes. I'm, I was really looking or hoping they do something different. Uh, the characters aren't grabbing me yet. Uh, episode three is out now and I need to watch that. And, you know, I'll give her my three episode run and then I'll make my decision much like I did with La Brea. And I go back to La Brea after a while, but I'll wait another week or two before I jump in that way. I can get three episodes in or so. But Dead to Dead right now, I would say it's a hard pass. Uh, I'm not finding any enjoyment. I really kind of fast forward through most of the episodes since they're on YouTube. It's just, it's not great. It's meh. So if you like zombies for zombies sake, I would say watch it. If you're looking for something of a higher caliber, pass. That's my opinion thus far. All right, Chucky. I don't know if I really got to this too much last week, but the Chucky series is really, really good. I've only seen up to episode two. I still have to watch episode three. But the the Chucky series is good so far. I love the characters. I love the teenage angst. I, I love all of this subtle seduction of the young man, I forget his name, by Chucky into possibly becoming a killer. And I'm really looking forward to watching this week's episode to learn more about Charles Lee Ray's backstory. Uh, so Chucky is definitely high on my list. If you haven't been watching it and you're a horror fan, definitely check it out. And then, last but not least, they released the campaign trailer for Halo Infinite. Let me tell you, I can't wait. December 8th can't come soon enough. This is a game that I will forget Game Pass. I wouldn't own a physical copy. Yes, physical media is not dead in this household. But I absolutely love Halo. Uh, it is the one Xbox series that I play every game. Or one game series, period, that I make sure I play every game. Regardless if I finish it or not, I play them all. Well, at least the first-person shooters, not so much the strategy um, RTS games of Halo Wars. But I am excited just to see the continued lore of Halo. Um, it was something else. It was It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It wasn't so beautiful. I cried or anything like that, but it was really great. And, and I've stated before, I am not someone who's going to be online playing the multiplayer portion. I am here strictly for the campaign. I am here strictly for the story. I want to know what happens to Katana. I want to see if even, you know, some of the Spartans from Halo 4 or even other Spartans kind of are mixed in somehow. Not so it's playable, but just as far as the story is concerned i'm really looking forward to seeing how all of that plays out so halo infinite is definitely on my list and with that campaign reveal this week i am thoroughly ecstatic ecstatic excuse me for december 8th i'm so excited my tongue is twisted and i can't talk straight so that is uh or those are my short takes for this week let's get into comics 
Several weeks ago, I had the pleasure of interviewing William Mapp, um, all around uh, geek, blurred tech entrepreneur, and someone who I've been able to uh, call friend for the past 25 years. Good God, I'm getting old. About his upcoming comic book, Antidote Number One. Well, I have been privy to read the preview copy is about to hit the presses and be available for sale and i just want to give a quick review of it now one of the things i love about the story is it is not a, a superhero story it's very much about uh murder politics intrigue all set around the backdrop of washington dc and the political class and it's one of those things. I love a good story. And Antidote really sets up a good story and a good world of a, I wouldn't say Olivia Pope type character in uh, the form of uh, Martinique Danes. But she very much has that sort of uh, fixer vibe, but not for politicians, but for those that are in need of help while also being an investigative journalist so you see those sides of her i love the fact that in this book you also see some of her personal life what she's into and what sort of woman she actually is i think the book gets a um has a does a very good job of establishing the main character who she is and what she's about and that's very good especially for a a first issue if this person is your main character who you're following throughout the rest of the issues then you need to have a good idea who who they are what they are what they stand for and what they're about to get themselves into and boy she has gotten herself into the thick of it in this or on this new case that she is uh, researching she is ruffling the wrong feathers of the political class and in many aspects of the issue uh, with some surprising twists and turns. She definitely feels repercussions of those actions. Now, the book is written by William Mack, Mapp, with art by Melissa Major. Excuse me. Patrick Major is the artist, the artist in ink. And Melissa Major is the layout, does the layout, color and the lettering. And let me say, this is not a, this is one of the things about being a comic lover. I've grown to appreciate art in different styles. And art is very much about being able to tell the story well, not being a uh, Jim Lee or an Alex Ross uh, painting with every panel. So with that said, if you're, you're looking for this highly detailed and drawn panels this is this is not the book for you at all this is not the sort of art style they've gone with they've gone for a very realistic uh yet i would say minimum sort of art style to convey more of the characters in the story instead of uh really giving you this hyper detailed panel work with in intensive uh, inking and this and that it, it's one of those things where the art fits the story it fits the sort of mood that is trying to convey and i personally love it i love it how the the color just sort of pops off the screen and very realistically this could be um this the way the style is done the way the panels are done 
it could very much be a television show or a movie with the it's almost like it's storyboarded for that and what's I think is particularly uh, well in telling the story that the writer has written. I, I personally am very excited about further issues. I have to see how many issues there are supposed to be in this series, uh, because if it's much like my beloved Crossing from Wet Style on Media, I hope I'm not waiting every year to get a new issue. Like, I, I, I need my crack. I need my crack, man. I need my fix. So it's one of those things where I'm, I'm hoping that more issues come sooner rather than later. And if, well, when the book is successful, it'll definitely fund uh, further books in the series and hopefully spinoffs as well as just uh, more books from this uh, company, Astrid Comics. You can find them at astridcomics.com if you're interested in the uh, Antidote book as well as other offerings that they have and that link will be in the show notes so that's it Astro Comics Antidote number one so if you have been listening to this podcast you know that I am a pretty big wrestling fan I am more of a casual watcher uh, than anything because of my cord cutting situation but I was very sad to hear this week that Ring of Honor Wrestling is going on hiatus as of the beginning of this year. Now, many are wondering if they don't close their doors completely or if they're going to be sold. But Ring of Honor kept all of their wrestlers on payroll throughout the pandemic when they couldn't do live shows. And Ring of Honor holds a special place in my heart because that was actually the last live show that I went to. Um, and this is well before the pandemic. But uh, 2008, Best in the World at uh, University of Baltimore County or Baltimore, yeah, whatever it is now. At their arena, I think it's a Chesapeake Center now, and it was a great show. I had the best time when I was there, and I just I wasn't familiar with Ring of Honor in depth like that at that point in time because a lot of the cast I knew from Ring of Honor were also an impact back in the day, so I was familiar with Samoa Joe, AJ, uh, even the. Uh, when the Hardys went over and they were doing an expedition of gold and they went there and that really introduced me to the Young Bucks as I wasn't familiar w- with them at the time as well as Bullet Club and the rest of their whole ilk. Uh, I, I, I really learned more about them at that time period compared to what I knew of them of their earlier earlier 2000s because I was more familiar with their, their product then because of all of the cats they went over to TNA from Ring of Honor and vice versa. So that was my first real introduction to that product in 2008. And I really followed it because of their partnership with NWA because I was very much invested in, at that time, the 10 pounds of gold storyline with Nick Aldis versus Cody Rose. And at that time, Cody was with ROH. So I went there hoping to see some sort of continuation of that storyline that I'd seen on my YouTube screens. Um, over the course of the past few weeks and I was not disappointed in all the way in, in anything I saw excellent matches by uh, Jay Lethal and Kushida the Young Bucks against I forget who they were fighting uh, Punishment Martinez who is now Damian Priest in WWE it was just a great show all around so from then on I've kept up with Ring of Honor and just a lot of the great 
things they've done and the good product they've done and, and how they were stand up and continuing to pay people and keep people on payroll through the pandemic and not releasing mass people like other companies did. So I, I hope that overall they come out in a better position when they do resume shows if they do resume shows and to all of the talent they were released but they're being paid until the end of the year and if their contracts extend past the end of the year then they're paid up until march they they are a stand-up company when it comes to their people and as a fan i appreciate that and as i that's a company i can support uh going forward regardless of what inclination that they're in because they are about taking care of their people and putting profits behind the well-being of the people who make their product so bring of honor i'll be happy when you come back and i look forward to whatever inclination you come back in and with that we're going to take a break and after the break we're going to get a bit controversial Now we're back from the break and we're going to get a bit controversial and frankly my opinion is my opinion you have a right to yours i'll leave it at that so let's talk about the covid 19 mandate and not so much the mandate but the fervor that is being caused by people insinuating that employers and the federal government cannot make you take the vaccine but also, more importantly, the religious exemption to taking the vaccine that many can apply for and many have not gotten. And let's see why does the religious exemption, why does it exist anyway? Well, when a mandate is present, an employer must offer exemptions to individuals with either a disability or sincerely held religious belief that prevents them from getting vaccinated as of 2021 no major religious groups now you have offsets um offshoots uh of various religions some that are more orthodox and fundamental that but there are no major religion no major religious groups have expressed or used religious doctrine to oppose the covid 19 vaccine or vaccines in general for that matter. Now you have had a various uh, amounts of outliers uh, from general society over the years um, and in religions in general. Just I remember distinctly, I believe it was a sect of Orthodox Jews up in upstate New York who didn't believe in their kids vaccinated. So you had that big measles outbreak. You're seeing more and more people in general uh, with an uptake in using that religious exemption when it's present so kids don't get vaccinated. And you always see uh, a spike in measles, a disease which we quote unquote eradicated 20 years ago. So with that you have those instances but also a lot of the people who are anti-vax aren't or have not been anti-vax because of religious reasons they've been anti-vax because of 
uh, debunked scientific studies which have linked vaccines with autism in children. And for me, I'm thinking at least regardless if it's been debunked or not, there's still scientific research that was done, scientific conversation that was done that you have gotten to your point where which you feel as though vaccines uh, have adverse effects on children. I don't agree with you, but at least there is a, a fundamental basis for you not wanting to get your children vaccinated. My issue with the COVID-19 um, vaccinations and the religious mandate or people using that exemption, these same people get flu vaccines every year. There are no questions. These people have gotten vaccines all of their lives. No questions. No religious issues until COVID-19. There is, I find it laughable that we use religion or our beliefs for one thing and not the other when they're the same thing. And that's, that's why I personally have issues with those who want to follow a religious exemption because you, if you have that deep-seated of a belief, then that's something you should have been demonstrating over time, like I talked about those individuals in upstate New York who are Orthodox Jews, if I remember correctly, and other religious sects as well don't, but again, those are the outliers. You can't be um, an NBA player, and I forget the player of Sacramento Kings, who cited the religious exemption, but has been vaccinated all his life. This vaccine doesn't change anything. This vaccine isn't... Uh, doesn't come from different processes that other vaccines have come from. There's nothing different, nothing changed. So why do you all of a sudden have a religious exemption now? Would you have a religious exemption for the flu? You know, these things, the hypocrisy um, of many of these, not all, you know, some, some people really do have religious reasons for not doing vaccines as a whole. I understand that. And I totally understand and champion their right to use a religious exemption. But it's like all of a sudden people have an exemption or have a moral issue with the COVID-19 vaccine. Why? What, what morally is wrong about the COVID-19 vaccine that isn't morally wrong about the flu vaccine, which changes every year? mind you based on the strain of flu that they feel will be most prevalent so you can get the flu vaccine and still get the flu just not the one they were preparing for or what's so morally uh how's that morally uh, how are you against uh COVID-19 morally and not against the measles vaccine or rubella or the mumps vaccine or the polio vaccine I mean what changes between the vaccines the only thing that's different is the political hype and in my opinion ignorance that surrounds the covid pandemic <clears throat> excuse me and everything involving it because let's be frank we had children lining up to get the polio vaccine back in the 50s people were happy to not get sick from polio anymore. I am happy that I never had the measles. That any children I have will never have the measles. I don't understand this hesitancy for a vaccine. And for people who are like, well, I have a choice. I'm like, I understand you have a choice. And I applaud and respect your ability to have a choice for what 
goes into your body. Well, point one, you put things inside of your body every single day. You have no idea what's in it. You put it in your body because it tastes good. You put it in your body because you have a headache. Who reads what's in a bottle of Tylenol? Do you know what research was done to make that that bottle of Tylenol, those pills inside of that bottle that you take because you have a headache with that Advil? No. So why do you apply the same sort of scrutiny to a vaccine when you have most of you have been pumped full of vaccines your whole lives which is why you have not died of smallpox why you have not died of yellow fever why you have not died of measles or anything else that could have killed you at an early age get out of here with this religious exemption if because it's covid because it's the covid19 vaccine and nothing else get out of here and all those people that are enabling these people all these people of God that are enabling these people with these letters of exemption. Like, come on now, man. Especially the ones I've saw that are charging people, regardless of denomination, regardless of having a real reason, because they don't want to take it. That's fine. If you don't want to take it, that's fine. From a personal standpoint, from a public health standpoint, I think that's horrible. Personally speaking. I mean, how many stories do you have to hear of people dying from COVID because... They didn't want to get the vaccine. I read a heartbreaking story yesterday about a young woman whose father passed away and her brother didn't take him to the hospital until the very last minute. He suffered for 11 days with COVID. Didn't want to take him to the hospital, pump him full of that poison to help him. Didn't want to get the vaccine. Too many people I've seen online talked about how they, they, they've had loved ones pass away who did not want to get the vaccine. And no, the vaccine is not 100% foolproof. But I'd rather have a, a shield and a piece of armor on to be unclothed in a time of battle. So that's my take on the vaccine and this so-called religious exemption. Excuse me, I ruffled some people's feathers on this issue, but for me, especially coming from a science background, it's, it's very much cut and dry. And many, many employers mandate certain health issues, certain, uh, not procedures, but the U.S. military mandates a whole host of vaccines per uh, CDC guidelines, depending on the circumstances. So the fact that there are military men that are like, oh, I don't want to get this vaccine, but you'll get a smallpox vaccine if you're going to a certain place. You'll get a diphtheria vaccine. None of this makes sense. You are literally we're living in a worldwide pandemic still, even though we seemingly are on the tail end of it. Still, these things don't change. Science doesn't change. Numbers don't change. So that's my take on it. That's my last last comments on that and let's get into something that's a bit more pleasant and less controversial in our fragrance of the week this case we are going back to one i mentioned a while ago which i realized that i hadn't talked about it and that is hugo boss bottled night so with this one you're gonna have top notes of birch leaves lavender and lemon middle notes of cardamom jasmine and african violet and base notes of laurel amarello vanilla and sandalwood now this one is classified as a woody aromatic and it certainly lives up to it with its 
prominent woody bass notes of the Laurel Amarillo and the Sandalwood. With the middle notes of the Jasmine and African Violet, it really gives the fragrance a very sensual vibe, in my opinion. And that doesn't, uh, is not one you want to wear in the office. Um, you could probably get away with it. It's not uh, super duper strong, but it's definitely one that it's suited for a more casual, more sensual, more intimate uh, encounters. Take that how you will. Uh, as the name implies, it is a very much a date night intimate encounter fragrance. Uh, overall, I would say it's not unique because I forget the fragrance I was talking about a while ago, which reminded me of it with his African Violet notes. But it certainly gets the job done. Uh, it's a medium performer, I would say four to five hours at least on my skin. Not a huge amount of projection, but is not designed to project. Is really designed for being up close and personal. So that is my take on Hugo Boss Bottle Nights. And with that, we're going to come to the end of another episode of the Sartorial and Geek podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I have been your host, Webster Style. Feel free to look us up on the web at WebsterStyle.com. Find us on Instagram at Webster Style and Sartorial and Geek. Find us on Twitter at Webster Style. And of course, drop us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you very much for your time. Again. Remember, be safe out there. Hold on. Never, I, I mean, I can change. I, I thought. Never mind. Forget. I'm a Jenny, Jenny, Miffany, Muffin, if any key when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party starts at 12. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And no fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the I'm choosing what we own. No, it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be White Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time.